The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Good morning, Pathways. How are we doing? Good? It is uh, great to be here with you today. Welcome to all of you who are online watching with us and met a lot of guests who are here this weekend. And so if you're a guest, we're so excited that you're with us watching online. Maybe somebody shared this on social media or somebody invited you to the room today. We are so glad that you are with us. And I just wanna remind you, our heart beats fast for Jesus Christ. And the reason that we exist as a church is to make disciples, to lead people into a growing and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus changes everything, amen? And we're really excited about that. And so that's why we're talking about eternity. And last week, if you were with us, uh, we talked about hell, okay? And so this week, we're gonna talk about the glory of heaven. Now, I know this subject and the content that we're talking about is pretty relevant and pretty deep. And so there's a couple things that I just wanna encourage you to do. First of all, we try to do everything we can to get you the content in a way that's usable and helpful for you. So you can uh, grab our mobile app, there's message notes there, or you can bring your own notebook and fill out your notes, uh, follow along all the scriptures. That's incredibly helpful. Go back and listen to the messages throughout the week, share them with friends. But there's one resource, especially when we talk eternity, that I just want to draw your attention to. If you go to uh, gotquestions.org, gotquestions.org is really helpful for you to search some questions about eternity. And as you read some of those answers, uh, it's pretty vetted scholarship, from my opinion. Uh, There's some recommended resources that I think you can dive deeper into that and uh, go there with your small group or somebody around you, and I think it'll be really helpful. So there was this man. There's this man who died, and he had gone to heaven, and he got to the pearly gates, and he met who? Who did he meet? St. Peter. Yeah, he met St. Peter, and St. Peter said, welcome to heaven. I said, "Uh, before you go in and talk to God, I just, I'm curious, I have one question for you. What was one of the greatest acts of kindness that you did in your entire life. And this little guy, he was so excited. He was all jacked up about making it to heaven. And he said to St. Peter, he said, well, there was this one time that I stuck up for this little old lady because there were some hell's angels. I mean, the meanest and the baddest looking motorcycle gang on earth. Do you know them, Peter? And Peter was like, no, I don't know them. He said, well, listen, trust me, these guys were just so ugly. And so they were going to steal this lady's purse. And something rose up inside of me and I had this jolt of bravery, of boldness. And I stepped in front of that woman and I said, hey, you guys, you stop right there. You're not going to touch this woman. And St. Peter said, did that really happen? And he said, well, yes, sir, it really happened. Well, I'm curious because you're kind of a small dude and hell's angels, that's kind of big. Yeah, that's bad dudes. He said, it really happened. He said, well, I'm curious, uh, when exactly did that happen? And the guy answered, well, that took place about two or three minutes ago. That all went down. <laughs> all right, good. I prayed all week you were going to laugh at that joke because <laughs> if not, that would have been a terrible, 
Terrible church joke. Oh my gosh. And if you're a guest, you're like, really? Did we choose this church? Oh my gosh. That's the best he's got? Okay. St. Peter, Pearly Gates. Yeah, I could have told that one. Um, nonetheless, uh, today we're going to talk about heaven. And truthfully, a lot of people don't know much about heaven. In fact, a lot of their beliefs come from corny little jokes like I just told you about heaven. Pearly Gate, St. Peter, or maybe it's from that uh, uh, trailer that you just saw. Like, what is heaven going to be like? Well, it's going to be halos and angel wings. It's going to be a, a raving, crazy party. Or maybe it's going to be this never-ending church service where we're going to have choir robes and sing Amazing Grace. And it's going to be great for like the first hour. But, you know, when that goes on for like 100 million hours, I mean, whoa, can we do something else? And, but you don't want to say that because it's church and it's God. And whoa, I'll just uh, go with that. Uh, or people, they gather their beliefs around heaven when it comes to movies. So for example, if you kind of grew up in my generation, you think that God sounded like or looked like Morgan Freeman and so you kind of base some of your theology on pop culture in heaven, right? And, and, and people will talk about it and you're like, wait a second, did you get that from that movie? But you don't say anything. You're like, oh yeah, that's in Revelation. Nobody reads that book anyway. So, okay. So, so that's kind of how it all happens, right? Okay. Now, here's uh, what I want to do. Uh, before we get to heaven, I want to talk about this life. Uh, one of the basic bottom line statements, the thesis for this entire series has been this. If you're taking notes, just jot this down. It's not on the TV and it's not on the mobile app. So jot this down. Uh, your belief about the afterlife will, will affect this life. Your belief about the afterlife will affect this life. And we're gonna see this in full clarity today. But before we talk about the afterlife, I wanna talk about this life. And I wanna draw your attention to something that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter two. Listen to these words, you might've heard them. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter two. He says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love. Of him. Now, sometimes uh, you'll hear this verse in the context of the afterlife. But if you look at 1 Corinthians 2, what Paul is talking about is this life, what God has prepared for people who believe and put their trust in Jesus Christ in the gospel message. God has so many beautiful things for us in this life. He has prepared. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 3.20 that you can't even begin to ask God. He can do immeasurably more than you can ask or think. There is so much available for us in this life. Peter says in his account, 1 Peter chapter 1, that all power to live a godly life is found in Jesus Christ and is for this life. All the promises, over 3,000 promises found in the pages of scripture is for this life. Power and restoration and victory, what we sang about earlier, is for this life. We experience those things in this life. So whatever I say about the next life and life beyond, I'm going to fail miserably at this weekend. Because who can fathom the next life and talking about the glory and the wonder and the power of heaven? It's kind of like wrapping your mind around something that you can't really conceive and put into words and expression. So as I thought about this message, I said to myself, well, what is the best way I can use finite language and, and imagery and pictures? And it's like, what can I even say about heaven? And I thought to myself this phrase, maybe you've used this before. 
Have you ever had a moment in life and you said, I wish this moment could last forever? And it just go there. Everybody just go like this. Everybody just go like this. Just go like this. Just get in that spot. Yeah, there you go. Have you ever thought, this is the best it's going to get? It's the best. Right? Like right now. Can you pull up something in your mind, that experience? I don't know what it is for you. But for me, a couple years ago, my family, we were in the mountains of Colorado. And this is one of those moments where I said, I wish this could just last forever. In the pictures, the mountains look beautiful. And you can kind of picture them. But when you actually drive and you get to those mountains and you look up, you're like, wow. This is incredible. And just being together as a family, like everybody was happy. Like there was no fighting in this particular selfie pic. Like no, <laughs> like the girls weren't yelling at me like, dad, you can't do a selfie right. Look at the camera. The camera's on this side of the phone. There was none of that. There was just joy. And I got approval from all three of my lovely ladies. I said, uh, can I use this picture this weekend? It brought me back to that exact place because they were so compliant. Yes, dad, that's a wonderful picture. Of course, Laura's like, we all look great. I'm like, wow, can I go back to Colorado? Right? Because it just doesn't get any better than this. I mean, my God times on this particular vacation, I believe that I read through the entire book of Psalms. I devoted time just, and the Psalms were just so alive. I didn't have stress. I didn't have pressure. I didn't have... I just, it was just, it doesn't get any better than this. Like this is the best. And yet, when we talk about heaven, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your trust in him, heaven is so much infinitely and more indescribable than moments that you thought were your best. Isn't that amazing? Now, last week, we talked about how the enemy, the prince of darkness, the devil himself, Satan tries to attack our thoughts around hell. He tries to minimize hell, like hell is not a real place or, or wants to minimize hell in such a way that would leave believers incredibly unmotivated to share their faith, to share the love of Jesus Christ with other people. Well, the enemy also attacks heaven. It's interesting to me that the enemy attacks both hell and heaven, tries to minimize the importance and tries to minimize the grand plan and the design for all of humanity. And this is the way that he attacks heaven. There's two lies that the enemy wants to say to you and to me around heaven. The first lie is this, that heaven can wait. That heaven can wait. Just live for now. Live in this moment. Be selfish in this moment. Just accumulate. Try to make your best life your best life in the here and now. And if we're really honest, our heart oftentimes drifts toward the things of here and now. We live for moments like the picture that I just showed you. If I could just string along like 700 gazillion moments of this is the best it's going to get. Our heart will naturally drift toward this life and it will kill the longing for the next life and the sense of eternity in God's presence. Now, let me share a scripture with you out of the Old Testament. David writes this, King David writes this in Psalm 84. And let this just sink in for a moment. Better is, 
Better is. Say that with me. Better is. Say that again. Say it like you really mean it. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Now, the context of this verse is that David is talking about worshiping in the temple. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather hang out and live and camp outside the temple just to be in the presence of God because better is one day. This is David saying this in the Old Testament. Take this verse and think through the lens of eternity. What would David say? He would say, one moment, one millisecond, one nanosecond in the presence of God in eternity in heaven would be better than a thousand elsewhere. Go with me in this direction. Your most dull and meaningless moment in heaven would eclipse the greatest moment you have ever experienced on earth. Think about that. The birth of your child. Think of the moment that, I remember the moment that the doors opened in the back of a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana on on May 6, 2000, and Laura was walking down the aisle. It was like, it was like an angel. There was so much beauty and joy in my heart. That pales in comparison to standing in the presence of Jesus. Like, can you even begin to imagine? That's why what we experience on this earth has a form of temporary pleasure. But in God's presence, there is eternal pleasure forever in his presence. The second lie that Satan wants to tell us is simply this. Most people are going to heaven. If you're going on the street today and you would say, hey, are you going to heaven? Like, do you think you'll make heaven? People say, absolutely. And here's what they do. They always boil it down to the last, like the lowest common denominator. Well, I never murdered anybody. Why do they always say that? Have you ever noticed that? Like, that's the test. Like, yeah, of course, I, I didn't kill anybody. Like, obviously, I'm going to go to heaven, okay? That most people go to heaven. The enemy is really good at sharing with us that heaven is based on our goodness versus God's forgiveness. The enemy is really good at putting our our faith on a performance plan versus a grace plan. The enemy wants to make our faith about what we can do to please God versus what Jesus has already done and we as receivers of grace live from that place of gratitude and generosity and love and joy. Listen to what Jesus says about the way to heaven. He says this in Matthew chapter seven, enter through the, say that, narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter through it. He goes on to say in verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Only a few find it. Friends, the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. 
So with the time that remains, here's what I wanna do. I wanna try to give you a glimpse of heaven, not with my failed human speech, but with the inspired word of God from Revelation chapter 21. This is our primary text, and I wanna give you four verses, and I want these verses to speak to us, okay? So Revelation 21 gives us a glimpse, a snapshot of heaven. And here's what John the Revelator writes. Now, understand this about John. John is the oldest living apostle. All of them had been martyred for for Jesus Christ, for their faith. And because of Roman persecution, prior to writing the book of Revelation, he was plunged into boiling oil, and then he was exiled to the island of Patmos. Uh, probably about 50 years, 60 years after the resurrection and ascension of Christ, uh, John writes the, the gospel of John, his gospel. And then he writes three epistles, first, second, and third John. And then on the island of Patmos, he has this vision from God that's about, about eternity. And this is what he writes in John chapter 21. He says this, then I saw, because he has a vision, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. If you have a boat, which by the way, that would be really hard because then you couldn't use your boat. No, that's not what John is saying. On the new heaven and the new earth, there will be water. What John is alluding to, the sea is a descriptor of chaos. It's like things that are brewing, things that are bad. John says when he saw this new heaven and new earth, all those things will will go away. Verse two, this is what he says. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Verse three, and I heard a what voice? A loud voice, a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will, I love this language, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And then this is what he's going to do in heaven. Well, let me pause there for a second. Let me say a couple things about verse three. Verse three is quite fascinating. Verse three says, I heard a loud voice from the throne room of heaven. I heard a loud voice. If you want to study scripture, there are phrases that are used repeatedly through scripture. Let me give you an example for Jesus will say very truly. He doesn't just say truly, he says very truly. Why does he do that? Because he, he wants to double that. He wants to punch, 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 punch. True truth. I want to give it to you twice. Boom, boom. Very truly, I say to you. John uses this phrase. He says, from a loud voice from the throne of heaven. This is the 20th time that he has used this in the book of Revelation. It's the 20th time, and it's the final time that he's going to use this phrase. Because what happens next is this announcement from holy heaven that John wants us to hear as people listening to the vision that God has for our eternity. So what he says next is so important. So let's go back to part A of this verse. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne room saying, how many times has John said this? This is his 20th time. Very good. Yep. And then he says, look, look, this is God's heart for people. I want you to hear this. This is God's heart for all people. This is what John says. Look, God's dwelling place is now where? Among people and he will dwell with who? 
with his people, with those who place their faith and their hope and their trust in Jesus Christ. God wants all people to come unto him. That's why uh, Peter says he's not slow in keeping his promises. Why? Because he wants people to turn to repentance and find Jesus Christ. And he wants to use you and me. And he wants to use churches like Pathways to lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus could come right now if he wanted to. But the father, I believe, is saying, no, can we just wait for, I want to, I want to go get, I want to make sure, I want to make sure that people group hears, I want to make sure the gospel, I, he is so grace-filled, wanting his love to touch every human heart. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God for all eternity. And then this is what he's going to do, verse four. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things had, has passed away. Now, from these four verses, there are three heavenly conclusions that we can shape our belief and our faith and our hope around. The first conclusion is this. God will establish a new heaven and a new earth. Scripture says in verse one that the uh, old heaven and the old earth had passed away. What does that mean? That means that God is going to do a new heaven, a new earth, one grand redo, just like he has renovated and restored your life that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the tomb and your life now is new. It's a new creation. God is going to do a new heaven and a new earth. When Christ returns and the thousand year reign ends, then we will stand, every person will stand under judgment. For believers, we will be rewarded for what we have done in this body, in this life with Jesus. For unbelievers, they will face a Christless eternity and cast into hell. And from there, a new heaven and a new earth will be formed. Now, here's what scripture says. Let me be very clear. Listen up, because I'm going to say some things. And if, if you don't hear this part, then you're gonna, you, might, you might think I'm a heretic on this part, okay? And I don't want anybody thinking Pastor Adam's a heretic. That's not good, okay? All right, you're supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> um, here's what we know. We know that scripture says we will rule and reign with Christ. Uh, we know that in this new heaven and new earth, if you can imagine for a moment, there is no longer a curse. It's not, under, it's not cursed. There, there is no curse there. It is going to be like it was meant to be and we will inherit and we will rule and reign with Christ. Now, that's what we know from scripture, okay? So I'm gonna set that here. Okay, now I'm gonna say some things, just questions that Adam Demetrician has as a human being, as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, okay? So, so what are we gonna do in heaven? Have you ever thought about this? What are we gonna do? So what does that mean? So does that mean if you, like, here's a question. If you like gardening, how many, anybody like to garden or plant or do any gardening? Okay, if you like, does that mean like you're gonna garden and when you garden, there's gonna be no weeds and it's gonna be like the Garden of Eden? Is that what it's gonna be like? Does it mean like, I have a question, will it be in heaven that I will set up a foursome and go golfing with like Joseph and Noah and Mo we're gonna golf except no greens fees. There'll never be like a, a hook or like my drive will be beautiful. I'll actually be good at golf. Like, is that what heaven's gonna be like? 
I don't know. When I was a little boy, if you grew up in my generation, arcades were amazing. We'd go to the arcade, right? Arcades were the greatest thing. And um, in, in fact, on one trip, Laura took me to an arcade. They were all restored arcades. And I was a little kid, arcades. And I used to always ask my mom, my mom's probably watching. I said, mom, in heaven, are there gonna be arcades? Like, I just, you know, like, okay. I don't know what, I don't fully know that. But these are the questions, and, and you might have questions also. But what I do know is that in heaven, Scripture says, here's the second heavenly conclusion, that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. There, there's no more. Scripture says in verse 4, he wipes away every tear. For some of you who right now are in pain, you, you're, your back hurts, you have arthritis, you struggle from something chronically, there's, you, you, you suffer with mental illness, there, there is no more pain. The tension that you feel perhaps in a relationship about making the dollars work, like how are you gonna pay for your kid's braces? What's your, what's your child gonna grow up? All the relational yuck and sin at work and all of this, there is no more pain. There is no more mourning when you lost that loved one in the last 12 or 18 months and those feelings of grief there is no more there are no more kids who are, are, are starving and dying because of nutritional issues. There are, there's no more disease. There is no more things that are going to come against us and hurt or, or create pain or injury or sorrow. There's no more cancer. There is no more. There is no more. It is this incredible enveloping presence of God where he takes our pain and we are in his presence forever. No no more, no more, no more. And we'll be conscious of that. We'll be cognizant of the fact. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, we'll have restored heavenly bodies. I don't know what that is, but I can't wait to get one. I'm down, I'm 42, I'm ready for one, right? No more. Now, let me just say this. If you're here and you're thinking, wow, that sounds so good. I'm ready to go now. For some, that could mean one thing. For others, that could mean a totally different thing. And I just want to go. But don't back out on the promise that God has for you that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived for the good things that he has for you now. God puts you here in the here and now because he has some things that he needs you to accomplish for his glory and his kingdom. So don't walk out on his plan in the here and now. Okay? All right. Here's the third heavenly conclusion. God will dwell with us for all eternity. This is incredible to me, especially if you understand the theology, the doctrine of the transcendence of God. Uh, you're like, what are you talking about? Okay, if you remember the story in the Old Testament, Moses says to God, I just wanna see your glory. I just, I wanna get a, I wanna get a glimpse of who you are. And God says, there's no way, because if I revealed my glory to you, you would just, you would vaporize. You can't do it. 
So he says, why don't you go and hide your face in the mountain? And he said, I will pass by you and you'll kind of get to see my back. And Moses like, okay. And so the glory of God. But in heaven, we will be face to face for all eternity in the very presence of God. How powerful, how indescribable. I can't even put words to that. Heaven will be at its best when you are there with God. Isn't that so reassuring? Heaven will be at its best when you are there with God. God's heart is for every single person to come and to spend eternity with him. But there are two lies that we need to be really mindful of, that can wait, that we should just live for now, that we should just sacrifice all the, the, the ambitions to live for Jesus and to store up rewards in heaven by becoming a kingdom player, by making an impact, by touching generations, by living with a sense of, 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 of decency and morality and hope and ethics and things that are righteous and holy to imitate our father or that we, we forfeit the true nature of the gospel. We water it down and we make it incomplete by offering a hope that is really hopeless because it doesn't call for change and true repentance. By saying good people are going to go to heaven. We can't do that. We won't do that. I won't do that. Many of you won't do that. Because the truth is that our default destination is hell. That's why I talked about it last week. I started out with hell because that's our default destination. Do you understand? We're born with the sin nature. And so therefore, we're born into sin. And we can't get angry and we can't blame God because that's what was passed on to us from Adam and Eve. And it's like when your boat is going down, there's a massive boat, imagine, and a lifeboat comes up, but you choose to stay on the sinking ship. Rather, you can't get mad at the captain of the lifeboat. God sent his lifeboat, his name is Jesus to you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you haven't asked yourself that question, am I truly a follower of Jesus? These questions of eternity bring things into focus and clarity. And it's very powerful that we have some of those internal conversations. So if you would bow your head with me. Last week, I gave you a few things to think about, and I want to do the same this week. I want to give you a couple questions to think about. This is our final week on eternity, and this has been a joy for me to teach because I think it's, it's um, helpful. We need this. It should impact us. And so as we go to prayer and we close, I want to give a couple different responses for you to make some time and think about your life in light of eternity. The first question that I want you to respond to is simply this. You would say, you know, Adam, there are some things in my life that I know right now, my priorities, I've been living way too much for this world. I've been living way too much for the here and now, and I have not been mindful. I have not been diligent about living for eternity. I've just kind of been into my own thing a little bit too much. And, and right now, I, I just need to repent of that. You're a believer. You know Jesus Christ. You love him. Your life reflects him in some measure. But you know that the Holy Spirit over the last several weeks has been prompting you. And maybe just this week, you know, like, there's some things that I just need 
to change. I need the Holy Spirit's help to change inside of me because now that I have a fresh reminder about eternity, I, I, I really truly want to, want to live differently. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If you're online, you can just put a hand emoji. That's you, yeah? A lot of hands going up. Yep, a lot of hands. Yep, thank you. You can put them down. If you were to say, Adam, you know, in light of eternity, heaven and hell, in light of what's happening in our world today, I have loved ones and friends and, and people that I know in my world. I know them and, and I know that they are not followers of Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to be, I want to be a light. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to make their life better and I want to make the world around them brighter because of Jesus Christ inside of me. If he's the hope of eternity, then he should be on display in my life. And, and I, I need to take some courageous steps. I, I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Like I, I want to begin to, to reach out and to, um, to, to live for Jesus in front of them. If you wanna pray for somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ, maybe you wanna invite them to church, maybe you just, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit would be speaking to you about somebody you know who doesn't know Jesus and you want them to know Jesus. Can you just lift up your hand all across the room right here? Yeah. For you that are raising your hands, we have people, our prayer team that wants to be praying for those names specifically. Would you just fire off an email? Maybe after service, you can email info at pathwayschurch.us or me, Adam, at pathwayschurch.us. I'm gonna get that to the prayer team. They're gonna be praying for people who don't know Jesus, for your friends, your family members. And now today, as we conclude, I want to ask, is there anybody in the room who doesn't know Jesus Christ, you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, you've never placed your faith or you've drifted. You know that in your heart of hearts that you're not right with God and you need to either return to him or come to him for the first time. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? If you're online, you can just say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Type that in the chat. Who's here today? Who needs a fresh start to make a new commitment you need to see Jesus Christ transform your life. Anybody here today, if you would just raise your hand in this moment, I want to acknowledge you. We want to celebrate that decision with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Praise God. Now at Pathways, we never let people pray alone because we're the body of Christ. And these individuals in the room and those online, now they're entering into the family of God. This is a really important step. I know for many of us, we're believers in Jesus, but there are new friends today that are placing their faith. This is a moment that will mark, they'll think of for the rest of their eternity. On June 27th, 2021, if you're making a decision today, write that date down somewhere, put it in your phone. Because the enemy is going to come and attack and lie to you. And you could say, enemy, this is when I surrendered my life. I'm not perfect, but I serve a perfect God. That's a powerful statement. That will anchor you. There are times where you'll think, well, I'm not really a believer. I don't know. And then there's assurance of faith because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. So can we say this prayer all together? God, 
Thank you for loving me, for becoming my heavenly father today by sending your son, Jesus Christ, for me. Jesus, forgive me. I confess my sin. I repent. Save me. Holy Spirit, come inside of my heart. Be the spirit of truth to counsel me, to comfort me, and to convict me. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for our congregation that you would continue to watch over us and to lead us and to guide us. Lord, I pray that eternity will shape our existence in this moment. We love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everyone who agreed with this prayer said, amen. amen. Hey.